Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing W-A-I-O in your Play Store. Go on, give that praise to Jesus. He's the one that deserves it. Amen. Come on, you can do better, Word Alive. Hallelujah. Yeah, let me hear you shout praise today. What an awesome God he is. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor on either side of you and say, hold on. Say, hold on. No, prophetically say it. Hold on. God is about to fetch you. And you'll understand that in just a moment. Amen. But it is a blessing to be with you here at Word Alive. Amen. This church is so aptly named because everybody I come in contact with is alive in the spirit. And I just love that. And the word is alive here. I'm glad you're not a church that just loves cliches and, and uh, you know, just run of the mill. You love the word here at this church. And preaching here is truly a delight for a preacher because you, like, suck the anointing out of a preacher. Amen. So I'm kind of giving you a little heads up, just continually doing that, amen? Because the more you, you suck on that anointing, the more it's going to flow in this house today, amen? You know, the anointing has to be siphoned. It's like siphoning gas out of a car. But once the flow starts, man alive, it's awesome, amen? So what a privilege to be with you. We absolutely, absolutely love Pastor Kent and Bev, amen? We were together with them. I know you do too as well. You are blessed and you are highly favored to have them as your pastor and his wife. You know, we served together on Pastor Benny's ministry uh, many years together, and then, of course, the Lord launched them out in the mid-90s, and then, uh, just as, as Dan said, then in 2009, the end of the 2009, he launched us into a new season. And, you know, when God's about to bring you into a new season, the old season or the old territory even though you're familiar with it, starts to become uh, like you just become a little restless. You become kind of stuck, and you got, you're kind of wondering, okay, you're not quite into the new season, but you're not quite out of the old season, you know? And God did that with Abram. We know, we, we know the story of Abram, how he called him out of his people, out of his country, and then he called him into a land that the Lord was to show him. And I believe God brought him into a new territory. How many believe God always has something new and fresh for our lives? Amen. If we'll listen to the voice of his spirit, if we'll listen to the word of the Lord, he will bring us out so that he can bring us in. Amen? How many of you don't want 2018 to just be a repeat of 2017? Amen? Thank God for 2017. Thank God for the miracles. But our God is a God that is new. His mercies are new every morning. Amen? And he's got fresh manna for you today and for the new year ahead. So I pray that you are willing willing to latch on to the word of the Lord today and receive it, not just for yourself, but for your family, for this church, and for the body of Christ in general. The word of the Lord that I have for you today is just that. It's for you personally, but it's also for this church, and it's also for the kingdom of God at large. Amen? And he's about to bring us into a new depth of the Spirit. Are you ready for it? Amen. And when I read the book of, the, book of Acts, by the way, of the apostles, I read words like suddenly. Say suddenly. Words like immediately. Or straightway, another word for suddenly, immediately. It, things happen suddenly in the New Testament church. I mean, they were gathered together, and all of a sudden, a, a mighty rushing wind comes in the room. I think it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to step back into the suddenlies, amen? And expecting the miraculous, miracle-working power, the breath of the Spirit to blow in like a mighty wind and move among us suddenly. Say suddenly. Put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, I give you permission to bring me into the suddenlies, amen, that I will minister and the anointing of the Spirit of God will be on me and my house in Jesus' name, amen. Give God a mighty shout of praise today, hallelujah. You know, suddenly I almost didn't get here. (laughs) At 9.30, I think it was, on Friday evening, I got an alert from Delta Airlines saying, your flight has been canceled. In fact, my sweet wife was supposed to be with me, who's a dear friend of Pastor Bev's, and, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we just said, okay, Lord, now you know we're supposed to be at Word Alive on Sunday morning. You got to make a way, you know. And I called the airline. I was on hold for an hour and a half. See how much I love you? <laughs> and I was on the phone waiting, waiting, waiting. Finally, I get an agent, and she checked this city, and she checked that city, Detroit, Cincinnati. She went right down the line, and no, 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 canceled. They're all canceled, or they're all overbooked, or no way. So finally, I believe the Lord gave me an idea. I said, well, what about if I go west to come back east? Oh, she said, well, let me check that. So she punches in LAX, and there was one seat 
available to get to LAX. So yesterday, I left the house at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I flew all the way to Los Angeles, California, stayed there for two hours while they decided whether I was going to get on the flight to Atlanta or not. Finally, they gave me a seat. I marched on the plane, and here I am. Praise God. Amen. So I know, I know the Lord sent me here today because the enemy tried to stop it, stop it. But you know, when God's got a word, it's got to go forth. Amen. Say he'll make a way where there is no way. Amen. Do you guys know who the singer Sinatra is? Anybody know who Sinatra is from Nigeria? Well, if you if you you don't know of her. Just Google her song, um, I think it's called Waymaker, Miracle Worker, because, you know, that's what we serve a God. He's a waymaker. Say, he's a waymaker. Say, he's a miracle worker. Say, he's a promise keeper, and he's a light in the darkness. Amen? So just, that's what that song says, and that's the truth about the Word of God. Just when you think there's no hope, just when you think it's never going to change, just when you think you're stuck... God brings up, shows up with his glory, shows up with his delivering power. Can you say praise God this morning? And I have a powerful message from the word of God for you. Those of you who were here in the first service, you know that it's an apt word for the kingdom right now. But I want to start off with Psalm 6511. I love that declaration. By the way, Holly, if you're hearing me or Heather, would you please send that to me? Because I want it for the, the churches I go to of your tithe declaration you gave. Because it talks and pronounces and declares abundance. Amen? Say abundance. In Psalm 65, 11, David says to the Lord, he says, Lord, you crown the year with goodness. Now that word crown means surround. In other words, everywhere I go, I bump into the goodness of God, the grace of God. If I go to the left, to the right, wherever I go, say I'm surrounded by your goodness, Lord. Amen. But then he makes an even more powerful statement. He says, Your paths, in other words, where you lead, this is a key, stay in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and where you lead, they drip with abundance. Say abundance. And I love that. And I like to look up words in their original meaning because you get a depth of meaning. You know, one thing Pastor Kent and I learned, and Bev and Mindy, my wife, we learned learned how to get the, the deep riches out of the Word of God because we learned how to ask the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. Say, Holy Spirit, lift your hand this morning and say, Holy Spirit, be my teacher this morning. You know, you can hear a word and it'll go right over your head, but when the Holy Spirit starts teaching, it goes right here. You know, it goes right into your heart and it lodges there forever. So when you approach the Word of God, like I do now, and I know Pastor Ken, Ask him to reveal truth to you. Ask him to be your teacher. Ask him to show you Jesus. And believe me, I'll tell you it's a key because you'll start to see Jesus in places you never saw him before in the Word of God. And suddenly the Word of God will come alive to you, just like the story I'm about to share with you from 2 Samuel chapter 9. But Psalm 65, 11, he says, your paths drip with abundance. That word in the Hebrew is the word deshen. Now that might not mean very much to you, but if you look at its meaning, Meaning, it means plenty, it means more than enough, it means a superabundant, but it also means ashes. Say ashes, please. Ashes, you say? What do you mean? Well, David was reflecting on the sacrifices that the priests would make on behalf of Israel. There was the sin offering, but then there was the burnt offering. In the sin offering, all of the iniquity and the sin of Israel was transferred from Israel to that spotless animal. And for an entire year, Israel was pronounced clean. But when they did the burnt offering and they burnt the sacrifice, all of the purity, all of the righteousness, if you will, of the animal was transferred back to Israel. Amen. And Jesus Christ, our Lord, is both your sin offering and he's your burnt offering. Amen. Because on him was all of our shame, all of our iniquity rolled. Amen. Praise his name on the spotless lamb of God. But in turn, a marvelous transfer happened back to us. And suddenly we became righteous. Amen. Suddenly we became clean before the Lord. And it had nothing to do with our own works. Amen. It, Second Corinthians 5.21 says it's not by works of righteousness. Excuse me. It says He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Say, I'm made. Say, it's not because I worked for it. It's not because I achieved so much holiness. It says, I'm made the righteousness of God. You are made because of that sacrifice, that burnt offering. So that word burnt, when, when the animal was burnt, what's the final state of anything burnt, church? 
ashes. Say ashes. When the ashes appeared on the altar, it was a sign to all of Israel that the work was done. Does that remind you of anything? It reminds you and me of the perfect, finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ, who when he cried, it is finished, the work was done. In other words, David was prophetically speaking of the Lord's sacrifice on the cross, who when he cried, he paid for all of your need to be accomplished and fulfilled. There would not, therefore not be any lack in any area of your life. So when an enemy presents a sickness or a lack of finances or a situation in a relationship or whatever it happens to be, pronounce deshin on it, pronounce ashes and remind yourself that the work is done by the cross, and you can say, my path drips with abundance. Give Jesus a mighty shout of praise today. Hallelujah. You don't walk under a curse, by the way. You walk in the blessing. Amen. The blessing of Abraham. I preached that last time I was here. The blessing of Abraham, the breath of the Spirit of God. But this message I have for you today is so powerful, and it's powerfully prophetic as well. If you'll turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel, chapter 9. It's the story of David, David, King David, and Mephibosheth. Now, let me give you a little backstory before we actually get into the Word of God. But David, of course, became king in Israel. Now, as you're hearing this story, don't just think of King David in that time frame. Remember that he's prophetically a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. David had made a covenant with Jonathan, who was the son of King Saul. You remember when David went before Goliath, and David came before him, and the Spirit of the Lord came on David, and he said, you come against me with sword and javelin and spirit shield, but, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whom you have defied. And then the Spirit of the Lord came on him, and he says, this day, say this day. You see, when the word of the Lord comes to your heart, you pronounce an outcome. You put a time frame on your miracle. You say, this day my miracle will happen in the name of Jesus. And you speak it forth prophetically. You know, you can pray and pray, and that's good. You can fast, and that's also good. But there's a time for praying. There's a time for fasting. But there's a time for declaring in the name of Jesus and calling it done in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen? Say, this day. Because, you see, our God does not forget his covenant. He does not forget his promise. The covenant that God made with you and I is eternal. It's not a contract that has limits and will one day expire. No, the covenant that the Lord made with us is an eternal covenant, just like the covenant David made with Jonathan, that if anything happened to Jonathan, David would take care of his family. And if anything happened to David, David Jonathan would take care of his family. And this is the covenant he made. So so this story is David remembering the covenant that he made with Jonathan, and it's powerfully significant in this portion. Let me just say one more thing before I talk, before I move on. God remembers. Lift your hand and say, God remembers. You know the prophet Zechariah who prophesied that powerful verse, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You want to know what his name means? His name literally means God remembers. Put your hand on your heart for just a second and say, God remembers. God does not forget his word. He does not forget his promise. Even if you forget, God will not forget. Amen? And then his father's name was Berechiah, and Berechiah means God blesses. Put your hand on your heart again and say, God blesses. I don't understand, by the way, people who don't believe God wants to bless them. You know, I read in the Bible, the very first thing in the act of creation, it says he blessed them male. He said he created the male and female, and then it says, and God blessed them. Now, I have a question for you. If God blessed the original creation in the Garden of Eden, how much more does he want to bless those of us that are the new creation in Christ Jesus? Amen? He wants to bless you. Say, God blesses. The third name I want you to remember is his father's name. In other words, Zachariah's grandfather, which was Idu. Idu means something powerful. It means at the appointed time. You see, God not only remembers, God not only blesses, but he does it 
at the appointed time. Put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, this is my time. This is your new season, church. This is your time for your healing. This is your time for your deliverance. This is your time for your breakthrough. This is your time for breaking out of what's held you back before. This is your time for visions and dreams and miraculous things to start happening in your life and in your ministry and in your business. Give God a mighty shout of praise in this house today. Say it one more time prophetically. Don't just say it. Prophesy it. Say, this is my time. Amen. And now give God a praise offering for it. Hallelujah. And I say it. I say it over you. Even my dear friend, Pastor Kent, is preaching and ministering right now. But I say it prophetically over him and you, Pastor Bev, in the name of Jesus. This is your time. Give God a praise today. Hallelujah. In fact, stretch your hands to Bev. Stretch your hands and say, Word Alive Church, vision of Pastor Kent and Bev, this is your time in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say it out of your mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe God is going to miraculously raise up this church even more so than what we've seen before. Hallelujah. And truly, it is an international ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so God wants to remind you of his blessing. And this story we're about to read just tells us exactly how God did that with David and Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is a tongue twister, by the way, okay? Say that five times fast, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. Anyway, I had to practice for this message, but read it with me. I love this passage. David said, is there any yet left of the house of Saul that I might show? Say the word show. Show means, in other words, that I might get a revelation, you see, when you come into the king's presence, the first thing that happens is revelation. You get a revelation of the king of glory. Amen? You get a revelation of what he wants to do for you. But if you avoid his presence, if you avoid his table, you lack and you stay in a place of no revelation. In fact, I'm going to tell you in just a minute the meaning of the place where Mephibosheth was stuck. In fact, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever been to Lodabar? You're looking at me like, Pastor Kent, who did you bring here? What, what, doesn't this man know there's no Lodabar here in this area? Well, let me tell you what it means in just a moment here. And before this message is over, you're going to say, oh, yes, Brother Jim, I know what Lodabar is. I've been there. But Lodabar is a place to be from. Amen. It's not a place to be in. Amen. So today, God is about to rescue you. And again, touch your neighbor. Say, hold on. God is about to fetch you out of Lodabar. Amen. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. But let's read the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Here's what it says, that I might show you kindness. How many believe God is a good God and he wants to show you his kindness? Amen. Remember, this is a picture of Jesus in the church. He says, I want to show you kindness for Jonathan's sake. The Lord wants to show you kindness for his word's sake, amen, because he's made a covenant and he has not forgotten his covenant today. Let's read on, verse 2. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called unto him David, the king said unto him, Are you Ziba? And he said, this is Ziba, thy servant is he. In other words, it's me. And then verse 3, he says, the king says, is there not any yet of the house of Saul that I might show, there's that word again, the kindness of God unto him. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan has yet a son which is lame on his feet. Verse 4, and the king said unto him, where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Makar, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Now, Lodabar actually means without revelation. It means without pastor. In other words, there's no revelation of the word of God happening in your life. There's no no revival happening in your heart. There's no forward movement. You're stuck in a place where there's no life. It represents the low places. It represents those times where the heavens seem like they're brass and nothing, no matter how you pray, nothing seems to be answered. It represents the places where you're stuck. Anybody here been stuck in Lodabar before? You're there and you don't even know why you've prayed, but you find yourself there and you've been there for years. Just 
just like this man Mephibosheth. He was stuck in Lodabar, and he didn't have any hope that the situation would ever change. But hold on. God is about to send his servant, and he's going to knock on your door, and he's going to say, come up out of Lodabar. I want to bring you to my table. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What you do, what you do with that invitation is extremely important, amen? You can ignore it, and you will stay stuck in Lodabar for another 20-something years, or you can accept the invitation of the Lord and move out. Now, remember, this son of Jonathan was lame. He had been crippled as a young boy. A nurse was hurriedly taking him to, to escape the enemy, and she dropped him, and he was lame in both of his legs. And he grew up all of his life as a cripple. It represents those of us who've been dropped. Anybody been dropped? I don't mean physically dropped, but maybe you've been dropped by a loved one. Maybe you've been dropped by an offense. Maybe you're stuck there because of a sickness. You're in Lodabar, and nothing you can do can escape it. You can't get out. But one day, the Lord sends the word of the Lord. The word of the king comes to your heart, and he breaks you out. Hallelujah. And that's what the word of the Lord is to Word Alive Church and to those who are watching online today. The Lord is about to break you out. Amen. There's going to be a prison break in this house. Give Jesus a mighty shout of praise today. The chains, the chains of Lodabar are coming off. God's about to renew your mind, give you a fresh vision of himself, give you a fresh vision of who you are in him, and suddenly you're going to become a new man and a new woman, and you're not going to stay stuck any longer. Now, I was stuck. And I don't mean this in a negative way. The Lord used me and Pastor Ken. We were with Pastor Benny for many years. I was with him for 22 years. And I liked what I was doing, loved what I was doing. But yet I had prayed a little prayer found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. It says, oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would enlarge my territory. Oh, that your hand would be on me. Oh, that you'd keep me from evil. Jabez's prayer. And you know, when you pray that prayer, God will do just that. And I don't, I don't, I didn't mention this in the first service, but in 2003, Pastor Bev, I was handling missions. Mike Tomford had left. You know who I'm talking about. And Pastor Benny put me in charge of missions as well as music. And I was fasting and praying. Our schedule was so busy. We had a conference and a crusade. My wife Mindy and Bev were ministry widows. I mean, I mean, I mean, they were single parents for a lot of years, but God graciously blessed and look at their children today. And my son is a beautiful young man, married and serving the Lord. Give God praise for that. Amen. You take care of the Lord's business, he'll take care of your business. Amen? Amen. So, so I was doing missions, and I was in a time of fasting and prayer. The only time the schedule slowed down enough to even breathe was the first of the year. And I always like to start the year with fasting and prayer. And I was praying, and I was flying from L.A. to Mexico City. It was about a three-hour flight. And on that plane, all that I can describe to you is this. The Lord just, as those wheels went off the tarmac, my spirit just went up into the Spirit of the Lord, and he began to show me my future. You see, your destiny, young person, is found in the presence of the Lord. Your destiny, your new season, church, your escape from Lodabar is found in the presence of the Lord at the king's table. Amen? And there as I was feasting in his presence and his word and the revelation of the word, and suddenly I was no longer without pastor. Suddenly the word was becoming alive, word alive, church. It was coming alive from my spirit. And he began to speak to me. And I was telling uh, Robin and Ruth as we were driving from the airport, all of the things that he showed me, I wrote down on a pad, have come to pass. So I know that I know that it was the voice of the Spirit. He told me that one day I'd be preaching in Benny Hinn's services. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Bev knows none of his staff ever preached in his meetings. That just, it wasn't done. As much as he loved you, that wasn't going to happen, you know. But you see, God knows even before. How many know God lives in the timeless realm where, where we don't even know? He's outside of time. And he can call things over your life long before they even happen. Like he did with Abram. He said, Abram, I, a father of nations, have I made you, right? So God has things that he's calling over your life, new seasons, new seasons new giftings, new ministries, new deliverance, new healing, new life, new strength today. And 
you can't allow for one second yourself to stay in Lodabar, amen? Because God wants to bring you out into his new blessing for your life. Give God a mighty shout of praise. So to finish, to finish the story, I'm flying on that plane, and he's revealing things to me, and I'm writing down, and he says to me, you're going to preach in Benny Hinn's meetings. I thought to myself, you're nuts. This is, this is the altitude. This is not Jim's. This is not the Lord. And then he says to me, the day will come when, when he'll refer to you as a preacher. The day will come when you will be on his program, not as Jim the musician, but as the guest. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I wrote it down. But you know, when you write things down, you know what you do? You initiate them in the heavenly realm. You see? You, and you won't not Habakkuk says, write it down, but also speak it out of your mouth. Because when God speaks to your heart, you set things in motion in the heavenly realm when it comes out of your mouth. And I did just that. Seven years passed by, and now the Lord begins to deal with me about stepping out into a new season. I'm here to tell you, after a couple years of being away from Pastor Benny's ministry, I suddenly get a call from him. We, we pick up like we never left off. He says, Jim, can you come to California? I fly to California. We're sitting in the studio, and he says, now, Jim, lead some worship, would you? I lead some worship. And then he says, no, Jim, I really want you to sit here on the set and be my guest on the program today. Bing, the Holy Spirit shows me, oh, I did hear him. See, so then the next night we fly to, to Oklahoma from California. And after the service, we were flying to Kansas City. And he leans over and he says, now, Jim, uh, three services is too much for me to preach and minister and all of that. I need you to preach in the morning service on Friday morning. Bing, number two, the Holy Spirit shows me that I heard him. Thursday night, he introduces me as Jim, a preacher of the Word of God. Bing, three. The three things that God showed me on that flight in 2003 came to be about in one week's time in 2012. God is a God of miracles, you see. He never forgets his promise. And since then... We've seen miraculous things happen. We could have stayed there. It was cushy. It was great, making a good salary. But God had more. And as I stepped out, suddenly the gifts of healing were taking place. I go to Dayton, Ohio. A woman's got a broken back. In the middle of my message, she starts walking up to the to this platform. You don't know what to do. I said, can I help you? She says, my back's broken. I said, well, do you believe God can heal it right now? She said, absolutely. I laid hands on her. I felt this steel brace down her back. Suddenly, the spirit of boldness came on me. I said, take that brace off. She takes the brace off, and immediately her pain leaves, and she's walking healed. She says, I have no pain. I have no pain. I have no pain. See, he's a God of miracles, and if you listen to him, and if you allow him, he'll bring you into the miraculous in your life. I believe the church needs to step back into the suddenlies, by the way. When I read the book of Acts, I read words like suddenly. I read words like immediately and straightway things happen. I believe God wants to bring this church into the suddenlies. Amen? This is not your normal church, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. But God has brought a people here who believe in the supernatural. Amen? I can't believe it when I hear of Pentecostal denominations who no longer believe in the gifts of the Spirit who don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit, who don't believe in apostles and prophets anymore. I don't know what Bible they're reading, but I know that's not the case here in this church. Amen? Because I believe the whole counsel of God, the Word of God. Can you say amen? And aren't you glad you have a pastor who does as well and teaches you the Word of God? Hallelujah. So let's get back to the story. God speaks to this man and says to him, I'm taking you out of his bondage. Now, here's what God wants to do for your life as well. Look at verse number four. And the king said to him, where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, behold, he's in the house of Makar, the son of Amuel in Lodabar. Verse five. Then the king David said, uh, he, he sent, excuse me, and he fetched him. I love that word fetched. Growing up in the north in New Jersey, we didn't use the word fetch. I don't know if you use it down here in the south, but the only time I used fetch was Jack and Jill went up a hill to fetch a pail of water. I mean, that was the only time I ever heard that word. But I love it. It's a perfectly good word because it's so descriptive of what, what God did. Touch your neighbor and say, God's about to fetch you. Amen? You see, what happens when you're in Lodabar, you lose hope. You lose expectancy. 
You lose any, any belief. You're, I love that song that Davey led, I believe in you. Amen? See, because suddenly the Word of God becomes alive and your faith becomes alive again. And you start expecting the supernatural. You start expecting the miraculous in your life. And suddenly He ushers you into a new season where it can be released on your life. Amen? So God does this to this man, this precious son of Jonathan. His name was Mephibosheth. Now look at what it says in verse number 7 or verse number 6 excuse me. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. I love that. When you come into a king's presence, you don't just barge in. You come in honor and you come in reverence. Pastor Kent and I, when we were with Pastor Benny, stood before kings. We stood in the presence of dignitaries, prime ministers and such. When you come before the king, there's a protocol. When you come before the King Jesus in this house, I'm not talking about legalism, but come with reverence. Come with honor. Come expecting to receive from the King of glory. Amen. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the King of glory shall come in. Give him praise today. Say you're worthy of praise. You're worthy of honor. You're worthy of all praise and honor, King of glory. Amen. This is, remember, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the word of the Lord. And so this is what he says now. David said to Mephibosheth, and he said, Behold, thy servant. In other words, it's me. Verse 7, David says unto him, Fear not. Two little words that are powerfully significant. You see, the spirit of fear can take hold of you, and it'll keep you in Lodabar for a long time unless you learn that you have authority in the name of Jesus to say, no way, in the name of Jesus. You will not put that spirit of fear on me. Now, remember, words are powerful. When a doctor says you've got cancer, that's a very powerful word. And if you embrace it, and if you believe everything that, that there's no way out, we, will, we don't deny truth, by the way, as believers, or, we, we, or facts, excuse me. We don't deny facts. We just believe in a truth that's greater than facts. So if the doctor says you've got cancer, you've got cancer. But the fact of the matter is the Word says you're healed, amen? And the truth of the Word of God is greater than facts, amen? So you've got to embrace the truth, not the fact, amen? And not let the spirit of fear take hold of you. I remember when I was just a young boy in college, I was, I'd lived a very happy young life, um, good youth group, church, everything was fine. Went to Bible college because I knew I had the call of God on my life. I get to Bible college. I don't even I know if I've told you this, Bev, but the Spirit of the Lord was on me, but the enemy attacked my mind, and, and, and suddenly I began to contemplate his thoughts, and, and the more I dwelt on it, I began to spiral down. He said, you'll never make it in ministry. He said, you'll never be married. You'll never have children, and he actually even told me you're going to commit suicide. I mean, horrible thoughts. All of a sudden, my mind was barraged with these horrible fear, and I spiraled down, and I went into a very dark place. But thank God I had a mother and a father who knew the Word of God, and they came to my rescue, and they taught me scriptures like, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you thou shalt condemn. You see, it doesn't say it won't be formed against you. It doesn't say that he won't speak against you, but it says you will condemn. You will bring it down, in other words, by the words of your mouth, and suddenly those scriptures like that and scriptures like, like the, the fact that the Word says he causes us to triumph, the word scriptures like that says that we are more than conquerors. Scriptures that say that we have the power of the Spirit of God and began to become strong in my mind. And I came up out of that time in my life and never again has the enemy been able to put that fear on my mind. Fear is a spirit, by the way. And if you allow it, it will destroy your life. It will destroy your family. But in the name of Jesus, once in a while you have to stand up and say enough is enough, devil. you got to rebuke the enemy and say get out of my house, get out of my life in the name of Jesus, and he will go. Amen? And you do that when you've had an audience in the presence of the king. You see, suddenly you have the authority. Suddenly you have the power of God on your life. Amen? And the word of God rises up in your boldness. Now, 30-something years, actually 40 years later, I've traveled the world in ministry, stood before thousands of people, have a beautiful wife of 32 years, a beautiful son who's 29 years old, married to a beautiful lady. The devil's a liar, church. The devil is a liar, and he wants to thwart the plan of God. He wants to keep you in Lodabar, but you've got to say, no, I'm accepting the king's invitation to go to the table today. Can you praise him for that today? Hallelujah. For the word of the living God. Amen.
So David says again, fear not, I will surely, say surely, I will surely show you kindness. I love that the word of God says surely. Surely is not a maybe word. It's not a I hope so word. It's an absolute definite word. Say surely. Put your hand on your heart for that need that you're believing for and say surely my God will answer. Amen. In fact, look at Isaiah 53, 4. It says, surely he has borne our griefs. That word griefs translates to sicknesses. He says, and I've carried your sorrows. That word sorrows translates to the word pain. Isn't it interesting that he says surely in front of that verse, but the next verse he says, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. When he's talking about salvation, he doesn't say surely, but when he's talking about healing, he says surely. I don't think it's an accident. I think he knew that you and I would need more convincing that he's a healer than he is even a savior, you see? But today, say surely. He's my healer. Put, in fact, right now, put your hand on your body, that part of your body that needs a healing, whether it be your throat. In fact, the Lord just spoke to me, somebody's throat here. Put your hand on your throat. God is healing. I think there's cancerous cells. I believe that's the word I'm hearing. God is healing someone's throat today in the name of Jesus. Maybe it's somebody online. But put your hand on your body and believe right now. You know, the Word of God cannot return void. Isaiah 55, 11 says when it goes forth, it has to accomplish something. It doesn't return like a boomerang. No, it's like a divine arrow that goes exactly where it's directed to. And the Word of God is going forth today. The village, the Word says in Luke 5, 17 that Jesus entered a certain village, and it says as he was teaching, the power of the Lord was present to heal. In other words, when his words were coming out of his mouth, they were getting healed left and right. Jesus hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When Pastor Kent or Pastor Bev or any of the other pastors or myself stand before you and we preach the Word of God, the power of the Lord is present to heal. Amen? So healing is going out into the atmosphere right now. Receive it in the name of Jesus for your body. Say, I'm healed. Say, surely I am healed right now. So he says, surely unto this child Mephibosheth, this man, I will show you my kindness. Amen. Now, there's three things that God wants to do for you when he brings you out of Lodabar. Number one, he wants to show, give you a revelation of his kindness, of who he is, of his goodness, that deshin, that abundance that we talked about earlier. He wants to give you a revelation of himself. He wants to show you who you are in him and wants to bless you in every way, in every dimension of your life. The word shalom, by the way, in Scripture, in that verse we just quoted, it says uh, the, the, the chastisement of our peace, that shalom upon us, that word means total well-being. Say total well-being. You see, God wants you to be blessed in every dimension of your life, not just your soul, not just your body, but your finances, your marriage, your business. Put your hand on your heart again and say shalom. Pronounce the blessing of the Lord on your family, on your life, on your business, on your marriage, on your mind, on your body, in the name of Jesus. And now give him praise for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Total well-being. Say total well-being is mine. Surely today in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the King. That's what God wanted to show through, through this powerful story to this man Mephibosheth. God wanted to show him his goodness. So that's the first thing God wants to do. He wants to give you a revelation of himself. He wants to give you a revelation of who you are in him. Then the next thing he wants to do is restore you. Look what this word says. It says in verse number 9, Excuse me, verse number 7, David said unto him, I, I fear not, I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan's sake and restore. Say restoration. Put your hand on restoration, on your heart and say restoration. It's restoration. In other words, he's going to restore. He's going to bring back that which was stolen, that which has been lost, that which was lost, the hope that you lost in Lodabar, the things that, that you expected, the visions and the dreams and, the, and the, the miracles that you were expecting and believing for. Suddenly they're coming alive in the presence of the Lord. Give God a mighty shout of praise for that. Amen. Say, restoration is mine. And the Word of God says that when he restores, he restores double. Amen. Say double for my trouble. Amen. He wants to restore back to you. Anybody in this house been robbed? And I don't mean your house 
necessarily your physical house, but you've been robbed in some area of your life. You've been stuck there so long that you've got this mentality that you're not even expecting or believing before God to do anything. Look at Mephibosheth's response. Look at, look at this. This is amazing. In verse number 8, this is what he did. He bowed himself, this is Mephibosheth, and said, What is thy servant that thou should look upon such a dead dog as I am. That statement was a revelation of his mindset. He saw himself as defeated. He saw himself as dead. He saw himself no more valuable than a dead dog lying on the street. And that's what the enemy wants to make you think about yourself. He wants to put a dead dog mentality on you. You've been in Lodabar so long. You've been in that low place so long that you stop believing. You have a dead dog mentality. In other words, you're like that woman in Luke chapter 13 who for 18 years was bent over because of a condition in her body and all she could see for those 18 years was the dust of the ground. She probably identified people by their sandals. Oh, there's Ruth. Oh, there's Holly. Oh, there's Bev. Uh, but then one day she's walking along and she sees the beautiful feet of our Lord Jesus Christ and suddenly he takes her and he lifts her up and she gets a vision of the King of Glory and now she goes from a dust mentality to a Jesus mentality. She goes from a dead dog consciousness to a Jesus consciousness. And now she sees the Lord as their miracle working Savior. Amen. God wants to lift you out. In fact, put your hand on your mind, on your head right now. Lord, break off everything off my mind. Say it. Break anything, any chain off of my mind. Any dead dog mentality. In other words, the mentality of the world. In other words, the mentality that has been put on you by Satan because you've been in that hopeless place so long, you stop believing. And God put on me the spirit of the Lord, the mind of Christ today, that I can believe you for all that you have for me. Now praise him for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it's broken. It's broken in Jesus' name. Maybe you've been stuck in low to bar in addiction, young man. You love God, but this thing's very powerful, and it's been holding you there. In the name of Jesus, I break it off of you in Jesus' mighty name. That spirit of pornography or that spirit of alcohol, whatever it is today, it goes in the mighty name of Jesus. In fact, think of your loved ones in this condition and say, in Jesus' name, I break it off of you. There's a breakout happening in this house today, amen? The breaker is here. The breaker is here. You know, in Micah chapter 2, verse 13, I absolutely love this verse, but it's a powerful verse about the Lord Jesus Christ, and it refers to him as the breaker. In other words, a breaker anointing. He's the one that will break you out of your chain. Let me read it for you. I love this translation, and it's powerful for you today. Micah chapter 2, verse 13 says that the Messiah, the breaker, will open up the way. Say he will open up the the way. Amen? When there is no way, he will make a way because he's powerfully strong and able to do exceeding. Here it is in Micah chapter 2 verse 13. The breaker, in other words the Messiah, the one who opens up the way shall go before them liberating them. Say, God will make a way. You see, when you're in Lodabar and you've got a dead dog mentality, you see no way. You don't believe there's a way. But when the breaker shows up, suddenly you understand there is a way out. Hallelujah. And the way out is by accepting his invitation to come to his table. Give God a mighty shout of praise for that today. I love the song that we sing, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Put your hand on your heart again today. Say, Lord, breaker. Break or break every chain. Anything that's holding me back from my new season. Anything that's holding me back in Lodabar. Anything that's keeping me down and from moving forward in the kingdom today. Break it off of my life in the name of Jesus. And it's done. Give God a praise today. Hallelujah. Say the breaker is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, the anointed one. And as you get in his presence, he starts to release you from the chains that have held you back. Praise God. So God not only wants to show you his kindness, God not only wants to restore you, but he wants to bring you to his table. In the scripture, tables are powerfully significant. 
And I've got to tell you the truth. I didn't even see this until just a couple of weeks ago. But the Holy Spirit, again, when I asked the Holy Spirit to be my teacher, I started getting a revelation about the table of the Lord. Now, we know communion table, of course. We're supposed to come. He said, this do in remembrance of me. But when we come to the table of the Lord, when David said to Mephibosheth, you will sit at my table, he said, you belong. Say, I belong. You see, you and I, according to the Word of God, are accepted in the Beloved. Say, I'm accepted. I break every spirit of rejection in this room right now in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on your mind and say, I break every spirit of rejection in the name of Jesus. Some of you have had horrific pasts. Some of you have had emotional trauma, but you don't have to stay in Lodabar today because the Lord is going to give you a new mind. He's going to give you a new heart. So the first thing you understand is that you are accepted. You are loved. Sometimes when, when, when someone's being delivered and we're praying for them, I tell Mindy and the ladies, get around them and hug them, love them. Why? Because I want them to know that at the Lord's table they're accepted. Amen? You see, the enemy wants to keep you from his presence. What's the first thing that Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve did when they sinned? They hid. You see, but when you know that you're accepted, when you know that you belong, even when you know you've got faults, you come boldly before the throne of grace. Amen? And you know that you're accepted and that you are loved. So the Lord was saying, Mephibosheth, you may have been an outcast there in Lodabar. You may have been stuck there and rejected by mankind, rejected by your family, your brothers. But in my house, you're accepted today. Amen? Give him a mighty shout of praise today. Tables speak of provision. Tables speak of provision. He said, he says, you'll eat at my table. If you're suffering a lack in any area of your life today, first place you should get to is the presence of the Lord. You should get to the king's table because there you'll find all of your need met. Hallelujah. Amen. Tables speak of protection. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Psalm 23, verse number 5. There's protection at the table of the Lord. Give God a praise for that today. Say, I'm divinely protected. You see, suddenly the word of the Lord comes real to you and you realize Psalm 3, 3 that says, Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. After I left Benny Hinn Ministries, even though on one hand it was glorious, I went through a very dark time. It was a lonely time. Separated from all of my friends, separated from our financial source. And it was the time when if I'd allowed it, the enemy could have just brought me down into a depression. But you know, suddenly I felt the presence of the Lord, the glory of God all around me, shielding me. And while one thing was happening in the natural, another thing was happening in the spiritual realm. Amen. And he was bringing me into a new season. He revealed himself as my protector. Give God a mighty shout of praise today. Hallelujah. Tables speak of protection. They speak of provision. They speak of acceptance. They also speak of revelation. My two helpers, you and you, come on up here. Or, or I think you helped me. It doesn't matter. Come on up here real quickly. You remember the story in the book of Luke chapter 24? If you have time, go home and read it. Luke chapter 24. The context of this story is Jesus meeting the two men on the road to Emmaus. But I've, I've been there numbers of time. I know Pastor Kent has as well, probably Bev as well. But this story is the men that are on the day of the resurrection. They're walking and they're on the way to a village called Emmaus. And they're talking. They're talking. They're talking. They're talking to one another. And you know what they're talking about? They're talking about Jesus. They're talking about the fact that he came and that he said that he would die. And he died on a cross. And he said that he would raise again. But at a certain point in the road, this is a windy road. They get to a certain point in the road, and a man shows up to them and appears to them and asks them, what are you talking about? And they look at him like he's from Mars. Well, he was from another planet. Amen. He was from heaven. And, 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 they, and he starts to question them, and they're like, where have you been, in other words, man? Haven't you heard? Or have you been under a rock somewhere? Haven't you known the story of what happened to Jesus? But they continue walking, and now they begin to expound the whole story of Jesus and going all the way back to the time of the prophets and about the fact that he said he would raise again. But they yet now have not witnessed his resurrection. And at a certain point in the road, Jesus, who they don't know is Jesus, makes as though he's going to leave them. But the Bible says that they constrained him. 
They, in other words, they urged him with all that was in them, hey, I don't know who you are, sir, but there's something about your presence I have to have in my house. There's something about you that I do not want out of my house. You've got to come to my house. And he wasn't talking just about a building. He was talking about this house. Paul said, don't you know you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? As beautiful as this sanctuary is, and it's dedicated to the glory of God, and it's going to be filled with the glory. The fact of the matter is, Haggai says, that when the shaking hums, the glory of God is coming to your house. Put your hand on your heart and say, I'm the house. You see, the latter house is the church of Jesus Christ. That means you. That means me. Amen? The former house was Israel's temple, but now he's saying, I'm going to fill your house with my glory. Amen? But if you want the glory, if you want the victory, if you want the presence of the king in your house, you got to learn how to do like the two men on the road to Emmaus. Learn how to urge him with everything in you. That might mean turning off the TV. That might mean turning down the cell phone, the iPad or whatever. We're in a land of distractions today, amen? Facebook, whatever else. They're all, they all can be used for good, but they also can distract us from the presence of God, amen? And God's saying, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to take you out of Lodabar. Hey, you married Joe. Hey, but we're too busy with everything else. Amen. Hallelujah. But if you learn how to constrain him, you know what he'll do? He'll do just like he did with the two men on the road to Emmaus. The Bible says he went with them. Stand here, gentlemen. He went to their house. And what's the first thing he did? He had a meal with them at their table. And suddenly, when they began to eat, suddenly their eyes were open. And the scripture says they recognized who he was. And he vanished, just vanished out of their presence. That tells me that at the table of the Lord, there's revelation. You see? That tells me you begin to see things in the proper perspective. You begin to see the Lord's plan the Lord's purposes over your life in his presence. Young people, I often tell young people, you want to know your destiny? Get into the presence of God. It was at an altar in a town called Nutley, New Jersey, that I, I had a revelation of Jesus Christ. He baptized me at the age of 12, and I've never been the same since. You see, he directed. Who, who knew that he could take a little boy from New Jersey and put him with the most powerful or most famous healing evangelist and take him around the world? Who knew that he could take me now around the world and that I I could see miracles. I was just a young kid who loved Jesus, but I learned one thing. I learned how to constrain him, and he came and he visited my heart. Give God a mighty shout of praise, church. Thank you, gentlemen. Oh, wait, 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 wait. And then the next thing it says, sorry, I forgot another thing. The next thing it says that as, after he left Jesus, they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us? You know what that tells me? That there's revival at the table of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when you get into his heart, the resurrection fire, the fire of the Spirit of God comes to your heart, and now you're burning with the desire of the kingdom. Thank you. Give God a mighty shout of praise. He wants to revive you. He wants to revive everything about you, your spirit, to make it come alive today. You didn't just come to church to play church today. You could have stayed home and done a thousand other things, but you came because you wanted to come to the table today, amen? And the king is saying, I want you to come to my table today. I want to give you a revelation of my glory. I want to take you out so that I can take you into my promises. And he's telling us as a church in general, I'm about to take the church out of Lodbar to the marriage supper of the Lamb at the table where we'll get a perfect revelation of the King of glory. Give Jesus a mighty shout of praise. Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting waio.org or by downloading the Wayo app and selecting Give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks.